In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to be the best owner your dog could ever wish for, and also teaches you how to grow your dog into being the best dog ever. Now, one of the things I think makes my dog and dogs um, happy, content, uh, have a better life, have more enrichment, more fun, is I suppose related to freedom. Mm. And most of all, it's recall, right? Mm. Like if they don't yeah. have a good recall, then actually a lot of other things are limited. Yeah. So I suppose let's today do a bit of a recall reset. We get yeah. thousands and thousands of emails to our wonderful Ask team. That's our customer service yes. team. They are fan bloomintastic and they get a lot of questions on recall, Tom. Mm-hmm. And I think why don't we do like a tips tennis mm-hmm. on recall if you fancy. Um, and yeah. I'm going to bat it to you to start. Okay, so I think in order for your dog to have a great recall, you have to have a dog that actually cares about what you're saying, full stop, okay? And that probably starts with being aware of... The reason why your dog's either going to listen to you or not is because they think that what comes out of your mouth is either important or it's not. How does a dog decide if something's important? Well, it either leads to a good outcome or a bad outcome. Absolute dogs, we don't do the bad outcomes, right? And so instead, what you've got to make sure is that any time there's a word coming out of your mouth directed at your dog, that it actually leads to an important event. So, you know, think that comes down to, first of all, probably being mindful about over-talking to your dog and saying how beautiful they are and it kind of becomes a little bit like white noise when you're constantly asking them and nagging them. Um, And then the second thing is saying, right, when I ask and they they respond in the way that I would expect, they are going to get the very best experience from that, that they are going to think, oh my goodness, I just made the best decision of my life by listening to that human, right? And then what happens is, you know, the, the words become important. They start to listen so that you could whisper and they would be responsive. And when you've got a whisper recall, that's when it's real life ready, right? And absolutely agreed. I think linking to that and definitely following on from that, make it a good deal. Mm. So actually what you might see as a good deal, like I don't know, I might see a handful of kibble for my dog here as a great deal. But actually for him, he's not that foodie. He turns up food quite easily. For him, it's got to be about experience and you've got to care. Like he likes it being genuine. He's the sort of dog who notices if you're not genuine. And equally high value. Like if it's recall and him and he's out and about and his favorite fetish, I don't know about your dogs, but but his favorite fetish, this is Tokyo. He's at my right and he's he's sat here, um, right-hand man. Um, and he 
literally um, would be like uh, high, high value, what well, outside he wants chickens. So he'd like to chase the chickens, herd the chickens. In fact, he'd herd anything, chickens, sheep, um, cats, uh, rabbits, whatever he can herd, he chooses herding and he's got a real stillness stalk on him. If I'm going to cut that, I've got to have better than that. So for him, high yeah. value food can certainly get there. Uh, even better toys. Mm-hmm. But is it a good deal for your dog? And if it's not a good deal, then I would personally say don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Like if it's if it's not a good deal, don't even bother calling them. So yeah. one of my top tips, hacks, whatever you want to call it, would be if you haven't got a good deal to offer, don't call them. Mm-hmm. I get you might need them back, but try and find a way to almost capture it rather than i don't mean your dog i mean capture the comeback rather than actually um effectively poison your recall by giving a poor deal Mm -hmm. if you give a poor deal then um what your reward is what you're going to get and actually it's not rewarding so you're going to experience more and more of it that for me worries me yeah 100 percent. next um next tip is is kind of contra seemingly like contradictory and it's not and that is sometimes when you make it harder you make it better yeah definitely if if you were to think about for example recalling your dog and you've hidden behind a tree and they've got to hunt you or you recall like the one thing that I love to is I, I like to totally like zone out from my dogs really make it seem like I'm none of their business they mooch into tall grass, they get into the tall grass, and then I recall them so that they have to bounce up over the tall grass to actually see where I am. And they've got to fight through the tall grass to get to me. And you almost, it adds that next layer of challenge that then makes them want it more because the more they work for it, it's like the squirrel. The squirrel never hands themselves on a plate to your dog with like seasoning on top. Instead, they are difficult to catch they're not going to make it easy. They're there one minute, then they're gone. You know, you know, your dogs probably chase them over all kinds of terrain and it just makes them want the squirrel more. And that's what we've got to kind of step into when we're thinking about our recall. So you know, we like to almost like trick our dogs into finding themselves in some terrain that then when we recall them, they've really got to like fight through it or jump over it or hunt us out or we're out of sight and they've got to figure out where we are. I love it. And absolutely, um, again, following on from that, like what does your dog do on a day-to-day basis for all of their food, right? What do they do uh, each and every day? Because for me, it's a 24-7 dog training that really makes a difference. It's not what you do in a class once a week. It's not what you do um, when you show your friend what trick you've taught. It's actually what you're doing 24-7. And I know that's what we do with Games Club a lot. We look at actually people's whole holistic training program, right? Like the whole dog, the whole program, the whole picture, um, and so um, I would absolutely say for me, 24-7, what are you doing with your dog food? What are you doing with your time that you spend with your dog? Like, how do you approach things? Because for me, I, I know that both Tom and I work with owners who, for example, they can't even get the dog back in the house, mm. let alone out of the house. So actually, what are we expecting? Um, and are we potentially expecting too much because we're not setting up for success? So um, I'll give you an example. When he was a little bit younger, this is Tokyo, who's who sat on my right. He uh, would have food for... Um, going maybe into a middle position, which is basically between your two legs and being able to hang out close, but going into a side position, which is like a heel work position. He would get food for what we call magic hand, which is catching food from a hand. He would get food for catching generally. He'd get food for focusing. He'd get food for doing something we call mouse game. All of these are games in the games club. 
something like mouse game where he would have um, a, a level of choice to show impulse control. These are all things you're going to want in your recall. And he got to practice them very early on. Now, your dog might not be early on in their journey. You might be telling me about a seven-year-old dog, an eight-year-old dog, a nine-year-old dog, a 10-year-old dog. It doesn't matter as long as you start today training your dog through games. And most importantly, ditching the bowl, utilizing all of their food where you want it. Because let's say you want a brilliant recall. There is no point you scatter feeding all of their food. Right. Like that is putting all the value into an environment. And I might do that with a sensitive dog, a nervy dog, a dog who was trying to build confidence with a dog who was maybe a bit over clingy, a bit separationy, as in doesn't like to be separated. That might be a really good exercise for them. But for your dog who's struggling on recall, that's a terrible exercise. Let's not do scatter feeding. Let's actually pick proximity games and games where your dog needs to be close to you or that things need to come through you to be able to get the reinforcement. And so what I mean by that, most of all, is think about how you're spending your um, effectively money with your dog because that is your way of having a conversation because you've got all of that food that pot of value each and every day how are you utilizing it if you're not utilizing it well for the dog and their recall then actually maybe that's something we could consider yeah. next tip and it's a big one is a great recall starts on lead Okay, so it start a great recall starts close sometimes, and you're probably thinking, but if my dog's on lead and my lead is only like you know 1.5 meters long, how can I recall my dog? Well, you might use your dog's recall word, and then you might dash away, and you might drop the lead and dash away. You might keep hold of the lead if you're thinking, I don't know if they're going to be with me, and then you just kind of gently dash away so that they don't, you don't take them by surprise. But the more <clears throat> you get them responsive. And the more they understand that their recall word is not come to you, sit and be fed a treat, which is the conventional way of, you know, training a recall, right? Instead, a recall means, hold on a second, eyes on the human, they are about to dash mm -hmm. away. Eyes on the human, they're about to do something really fun. Then you get that really snappy, quick recall. And that can start on lead, on a long line, whatever's appropriate to you. It can start in the house, it can start in the garden. It does not need to be long distance, short distance, sometimes really good. But what we've got to realize is that we've got to almost like move away from that, that belief that a recall is walk to me, you sit, I say thank you and I feed you a piece of food and it's like this transaction. Instead, recall means watch out, I'm about to do something amazing. And then when they hear it, they're like, where are they and how do I get to them quickly? I think following on from that, I think another one that I've really noticed with Eliza's little dog, actually, Eliza's uh, my, my daughter, and she has learned the tricks of the trade this is Liza's dog. So it follows on very well from that. When when she hears her name, which is Katie, so um, Katie, uh, and she hears her name, uh, she runs over and she's like, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. And you can see her sort of like sussing, yeah, like, sussing out what the deal is. And if you're asking her to come in something like a crate or a room or a mm -hmm. space that she's predicting something is end of game normally, I think. I think too often it's been a poor deal for her. And so if you're at that point with a recall, which I know some of you are like, yeah, that's the point I'm at. If you're at that point of your recall and your dog's coming in and sussing you out a bit and a bit sort of like what's going on here, my personal feeling with those dogs and the dogs that have learned those, those habits is we've really got to manage for success. So whether we pick up her lead and she's on a long line, for example, like a thin puppy line, the, the ones we mm. sell on the Absolute Dogs website, mm. um, she's on a thin puppy line. So whether we pick up the puppy line and we just move her from A to B, or whether we, um, before we call her, we have food under her nose and we don't even let her think about it, or 
we call her, feed her, let her go again. But she's that type of dog. It's a little bit like x-ray for everything. And so my thought would be, let's keep mixing it all up so she isn't so easily predicting the outcome of the um, situation. Mm. And basically, that's what's happening. She's predicting the outcome of the situation. This means end of, I think, is the typical prediction. And the the other thing that that can really help with that is make it, Make it fast, make it fun, make it quick so that they don't have chance to analyze. You know, I, I sometimes have the, I, I don't go to McDonald's very often, but when oh, I come do, on, you live there. I always fall for this where I'll, you know, I'll be in the drive through and I would have decided what I want. And then they'll say, you know, would you like to, you know, go large with that meal? And you say yes. And then they'll say, well, would you like to add this and add this? And we're doing this offer where you can add this, this and this. And, you know, it all happens so quickly. You just say yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, you, they like hand you now your like trolley of food through the window and you're just the only person in the car and you're looking a bit embarrassed, right? Um, and so that, my friends, I'm that, joining them. Sometimes shortening the consideration window for your dog can be really valuable because actually, if you're already dashing away, they're not kind of thinking, they're not looking at you as you, you know, dash away into the distance thinking, I wonder what's in their pockets. They're like, he's leaving. I've got to get there quick. Like this is, you know, there's a small window for this experience. I think my final one is going to be that what what, what do you do when it doesn't work? So what to do in the event that your recall fails you? And for me, I've had that happen multiple times and I've seen loads of owners struggle with that, obviously, and both Tom and I um, training dogs all over. We're going to see it. My biggest thing is don't flap and don't panic. I think people go right into a panic. Uh, If there's any way of capturing. So for me, um, when I say capturing, I don't mean capturing the dog. I mean capturing the behavior. So, for example, I might scatter a load of food and just calmly take the dog's collar. Um, or it might be uh, pick up a line or pick up a lead. What to do when it, when it goes wrong, I think, is a really big a big thing. Um, and for me, it's also planning for it to, once it has gone wrong, like being a bit careful about letting it go wrong again. Uh, for me, a long line is really helpful. Yeah. Go on, you've got a funny story. No, there, no, I haven't. Like no, no, I'm thinking away. of a funny story, but it's not appropriate. But um, there's, an, you know, there's that saying of, and I'm, I'm going to totally mess this up, but um, fool me once, more fool you, fool me twice more for me or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good one when you're thinking about recall. Like it's one thing to recall your dog and, and then, you know, ignore you and you have to work really, really hard. But then it's, it's another thing to then recall them again but, you know, present it in exactly the same way and expect, and then, a, different and expect a different, you know, expect outcome. a different outcome. And that's, that's, a, that's the um, Einstein quote, isn't it? The um, insanity the, yeah, is that's um, it. doing the same, the same thing. thing again and expecting a different outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I think it also comes down to, I mean, let's go quote crazy, uh, the Skinner sort of thoughts of actually training uh, or trainability is susceptibility to reinforcement. Mm. And I always go back to that one because for me, if your dog's not susceptible to reinforcement in the first place, you're going to struggle, right? So the more your dog is wanting rewards and reward-based sort of learning and training, which is reinforcement from whether that's food, whether that's toys, whether that's an experience, it doesn't really matter, but your dog's susceptible. Yeah. Some of ours are way more susceptible to others yeah. and, and it does make it and they, th- than others. It does make it a little bit easier. Yeah. But in the, in the event it goes wrong... Because it does. I, I'll give you an example this morning. So I called Katie in. Um, Eliza's um, in bed. Uh, I am letting dogs out. And I've called Katie in and I've said, Kate, And she's gone, looked at the door, looked at my hands, and then gone, no. Uh, and I was like, no, you're coming in, young lady. 
like you're actually coming in uh, and she's looked at me and gone really and I've gone yes and we had this conversation and she's then walked in and in the moment she's walked in I have walked to the fridge and I've gone and got her something mm. because I'm like you have come in yeah. you've done a great job and um, I'd have liked that you raced in the first time but I can tell there's something going on there with Eliza mm. that Eliza's probably because what would have been a different sequence of events which would have trained the wrong thing is she would have x-rayed your hands you would have gone ah okay and then you would have gone you know gone to the fridge picked something out and then been like look I've got something, and now what we've done is we've set up a pattern. Yeah, and that's such a typical pattern. They, they look at you and say, there's, I'm not doing this until there's something in your hands. But instead, what Lauren did is said, no, really, I do need you to come in. And mm. she came in begrudgingly thinking, okay, And she did not sort of any... do like a strop. Yeah. Sorry, a, a strop rather yeah. than a strop. And then it was like, oh, but thing, you know, then you're saying to her, oh, actually, you got it wrong. You're anticipating no food at this point, but there was food, Great food. right? Sometimes there's no food in my hands and you get food. And so that's like a learning experience. For yeah, and, and I think that she needs more of those and less of what Eliza, I think, is probably a bit more of the fridge or even mm. pretending yeah. to go to the fridge and then yeah. still not delivering anything, yeah. which I think is or the, the words, worst. The words, um, what's, what's this? this? What's this? Like literally, what's this? I'm pretending, come here, little doggy. And I'm, oh, no, don't do that, Eliza. Um, and so for me, it's really, really, really important that we, we have a bit of a plan for when it does go wrong. Um, long line. Um, for me, kind of sometimes standing your ground a bit and going, no, no, you really are coming in. Mm. And they're like, mm. and you kind of have this moment of you could see them go to turn and bolt. And I'm like, uh-uh, you're not. And if I need to, I will follow them up and take a finger under the collar and bring them in or a, um, a, a puppy line or a long line. or a. But I try not to do that. Mm. I try to get them to come in of their own accord. And, and I also think really importantly, and I've said it once, but I'm going to reiterate it because I think there is value and in, in, um, importance here. For me, it's really, really, really important. You do not call your dog if you think they're not mm. coming back. Mm. And I personally don't even call them if I think they're going to like scoot me, like mm. like come in and then scoot off again. Like I don't want that. Mm. So if you think your dog is not coming back, please do not call them because all you do is you rehearse wrong. And what you rehearse is what you get. And let's not rehearse the wrong thing. So, so with that, that hopefully was, that was that was a big that was a big fast recall yeah, like hopefully rumble. you've got a, you've had at least one light bulb at least one actionable thing to boost your dog's recall you know this is a topic that we love to tackle on the podcast because we know that it limits your freedom with your dog sometimes and the freedom that your dog gets as a result of that that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast if you want more information on recall tips and actually you know what um, you want a recall you want to make it real and you want you know that it's possible and you want this like real life I am doing this I want the perfect bomb proof recall then head to games club and um, you can jump into games club at absolutedogs.me forward slash games club that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast we'll see you next time and remember stay, stay sexy, sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 100,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be in 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.